a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Sit and Kick. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. Normally, we'd intro, I'd write a fantastic intro about a guest, but we're, we're going to chat a little bit here. We need to do some explanation. We need to uh, kind of put you guys in the know of what's going on and, and, uh, and kind of what, why we haven't started this new season, because it does look like we're being real lazy. So why don't you, why don't you kind of fill them in a bit here, Dave? Well, to be completely honest, I think we are being a bit lazy. Um, we're just kind of... To getting in the rhythm of training and we're getting in the rhythm of uh, the Olympic year. And I think like at that being the number one priority, um, we want to be able to impress you guys off the mic and on the track. And so like, that's kind of where our focus is at. But the really exciting thing that we have in the works right now is we are working deals and, and sponsorship opportunities with um, people that I think are really going to be able to benefit the overall community of the sit and kick podcast. And so we're waiting on those. And the most important thing right now, um, in our opinion for this podcast is to get some content out for you guys, because we know you guys have been itching to hear some more things, hear some more stories. And so, yeah, we're excited to be continuing to do these preseason episodes. And then for Josh, like the specifics of, of what we have working on right now, what do you got? So, you know, as a businessman of this duo, I've been working on some stuff to, uh, you know, kind of practice a bit of what we preach on this podcast is, um, kind of pay pay the athletes what they're worth and and so we we want to try and you know create some revenue for this podcast and maybe put some put some money towards the people that we have on here and and kind of pay them for their time as well as a promotion so you know we're got, we're trying to get some sponsors and and some contracts uh we have some contracts sent out so we're just waiting for them to come back and and from there we can kind of get get more fun guests that put as much effort in as possible because they're actually getting paid for it rather than just being here as a favor to us and it also means that we can get you know, some more giveaways, get some shoes given away, get some gear given away as much as possible and, and you know, bring in some, some you know, fantastic companies to, to allow us to do that. So that might take a little bit of time with, you know, this whole COVID thing that's going on, but it should should be in the next week or so we should be getting those contracts back. So from there, we can start a new season and, and talk to some pros. But we have a pretty exciting um, new chapter that we're kind of calling the was it the the future of the sport chapter, an NCAA chapter that we we you know we're really excited about, and we've had, you know, some chats about this, and you know I'm I'm pretty excited to you know see what kind of guests we can have on here. Yeah, um, and something that we're also in the works right now too, and when Josh talks about working on um, giving athletes what they're worth, like what we're planning on doing moving forward is paying the guests, and that comes not only from the contracts that we have uh, individually dealt with for sit and kick um, and our partners, but that's also where you guys can come into play. Whether that is we start a Patreon, whether that is we start running merch. I mean, proceeds that you guys put in to help uh, represent this podcast are going to go back into the athletes that we have on this podcast. Cause I mean, we've had phenomenal guests on previously and it's very exciting to no longer have to try to pay Craig Engels to make an appearance. Um, so now moving forward, we are going to, um, talk about the future of track and field. And because this athlete is an NCAA athlete, thank God we don't have to pay him because he'd run a huge fee and we'd get him in violation and maybe we get him kicked out of school, which honestly isn't a bad idea. But we have currently sitting with us on the phone, 
being a good student and listening, Cooper Tier, who is the heartthrob of the American University track and field at the University of Oregon. He's the bright star in a SWHP singlet running 1318 in the 5,000 meter two weeks ago in California. And in February, he ran 355 the mile. He's been a lot. He's been in a lot of your YouTube searches lately, and I'm sure he's um, very excited to be here, considering he is the most requested collegiate athlete that we have. So, Cooper, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so you're at home right now. What are you doing at home? Yeah, nothing. I baked a gingerbread house with my sister today, and <laughs> that's it. A that's lot it. of Netflix. Trying. Nobody's home right now, so literally just hang out with my sister so anyone in the bay area please <laughs> yeah so so like i'm guessing all of your teammates and stuff have gone home as well just this is for christmas break or something yeah pretty much everyone's gone um there's like five people in eugene but nobody really wants to be in eugene more than you have to be so uh yeah pretty much everyone headed out but we're heading back i think 29th so okay can't come quick enough but yeah, <laughs> and being home's all right. Yeah, I was gonna say because you're from California. I mean, you went down there. I don't know if we're even allowed to say or if you're allowed to say where that track meet was at, but it probably felt good to run a pretty good mark on like home soil in terms of your, where you're from. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um, it's honestly like I'm from like six hours away from where the meet actually was, but uh, it was literally like ten minutes away from my grandma's house where I was staying, which was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know like what. I don't think it really matters if we say where it was now. Is that like this local high school? And they didn't tell us until literally the night before um, is when they sent out the location. And I just like read the location and like got out of the email. And I didn't realize it just had like, you know, don't show up to the track to do like your pre-race or anything. Like only show up for your race. Uh, and sure enough, me and all of the Oregon guys showed up at like 8 a.m. at the track the next morning uh to do our pre-meet and like oh nobody's here like this is sick and like we get like two laps in and then the meet director's like are you guys are you guys kidding me like literally <laughs> all we the one thing we told you to do is not come to the track before like your race time so we were not off to a hot start with the meet director but um yeah it was fun it was really cool fast track lots of good guys so yeah it was a really cool opportunity just to have i don't know like an actual race that nobody's had in eight months so yeah. yeah it was super fun it's been interesting i mean your year which was super interesting too about you being on the podcast is most of the people that we've had on like we had um nia akins on with our team pay or our, our team episode and she spoke on how she was at like albuquerque and then the indoor championships were canceled and right after that she knew she was going to sign a professional contract so for you i mean like you stayed in the nca system are you a junior are you a senior what what's your eligibility status like single yeah. are you in a relationship like where are you at unfortunately i'm in a well i'm in a, i'm in a good relationship with u of o right now um okay i thought you were gonna say unfortunately I, i'm in a relationship and i was like oh <laughs> leave it at that no, um, yeah, so I, this is my fourth year at U of O, but I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing a fifth year. Okay. It kind of makes sense, just like, I have, I still have two outdoor track seasons left, so I figure mine as well, just like stay, I'm finishing up, I'm doing like a double major, so like, I figure might as well get like a pretty good education, like stretch it out so it's not hard, um, and then, yeah, just like try to win some win some win some titles um 
and yeah so right now it's looking like a fifth year but honestly it kind of depends what like happens going into trials maybe i hit you know an olympic standard and then it seems a little more you know viable to maybe look at a pro contract but um yeah for right now i'm planning on doing a fifth and then hopefully going into eugene uh world champs we look at you know signing the deal so um right now it's kind of alternative but yeah, I still have a good amount of eligibility left, so I have really no clue what I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that time, and I guess it'll be 2022 by the time it comes to, to Oregon for World Champs, but that'll be a great time to sign because American brands will be, you know, loving loving that exposure for sure. But you guys had, like, Oregon had quite a few athletes to the, the sign running track meet. Why did you guys not wear Oregon shirts? What was that about? Our, so I, I thought we had to uh, race unattached. We all pretty much signed up like after the deadline. Uh, our coach knew the meet director and they're like, yeah, we'll open it back up uh, if you guys are trying to get in. Actually, Cole Hawker, who should have won the second heat. Are you throwing um, shade? Are you throwing shade? Are you saying Central? What, what's going on there? What do you mean should have won? I am. Sent. <laughs> Sometimes you got to babysit Centro. He was, so he was our assistant coach actually for uh, my like pretty much whole freshman year, like my one year with Andy. And like the ongoing thing was he's easily the most immature person on the team, and he's like our coach. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah he's he's a riot, but uh, yeah Cole did the last like three k of work until the last like two inches of that race and got beat by. It. Like, I guess it makes sense that Centro should win that, but, uh, and I actually, I like commented on like one of the sound running posts and I was like, there's like a 99% chance that Cole wins this race. And then they threw in Centro like the next day and I was like, oh, I might look like an idiot. And like in my eyes, Cole Cole still won that race. Um, Centro, like Centro shouldn't even, he's a 1301 guy, like he should not be in that race in the first place, so. Yeah, that's that's cool for the taking. But honestly, yeah, I have no clue why we didn't get to race in uniform. They just told us that. So uh, we all kind of like pulled out just whatever we could find. Um, yeah. yeah, and I got there and I was like, everyone from like, like Luis was in uniform. I was like, I don't know how that works. But and my mom was like, is that going to count for like Oregon record books or something? And so like, I have no clue about any of that stuff either. So, that would suck. Um, but yeah, I, I did get quite a bit of... Uh, on my SWHP singlet, which was pretty cool. I actually stole that from Ben Crawford. So um, <laughs> nice. shout out to him. I was wondering how many times you're going to name drop him and Everett throughout this. So um, yeah, that, that'll be a good romance that we can get into through it. So SWHP, I've heard some rumors what that stands for. What does it stand for? Um, you can give me a PG or the rumor version. I don't even know. I I don't think I have the authority to disclose that. I don't yeah. think that's like, that's not my... Dave, you, you had a guess at it. What was it? Yeah, I see. I think my guess is right. So if if Cooper's hanging tight to to his understanding, then I don't want to be that guy either. Right. It's your yeah. podcast, I, mate. Go on. Not, no, it's not my track club though. <laughs> but so you're saying that this is a Prefontaine thing? Yeah. It's, right. So I I'm not even. I just heard through the grapevine through different people, and I have like a pretty sound understanding of what it is. Um, but there's been a lot of different like rumors about it. So I don't want to like, I first of all, I don't want to like expose it. If I do know the right thing, I definitely know like more or less, but like, I also don't want to say the wrong thing. So 
I'm just going to leave it up to the viewers to <laughs> guess what it means. Could It could be anything at this point. A lot of people have taken guesses that have been very wrong. So yep. the, the one thing I will say is you'll never guess it unless you have, like, if you think you just have, like, a random guess, you're not going to guess it. Like, you have to have the context behind it. Yeah, and for and for the sake of the 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 podcast, we're dealing with uh, the Southwest High Performance Track Club, um, you know, because California exactly, is in, yeah. the, in, the, in the Southwest. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you raced in that kit. You ran great. Um, the interesting thing is, is you and Louis battled it out, two collegiate athletes and a field monks pros. So this would have been around the time, if not like two weeks ago, when NCAA cross country was. So where's your head at for that? Because I mean, like you and Louis G looked strong through that whole five k. So cross country do you think you would have been able to pull off the win who do you think would have won the team stuff like what's what's up with that since there's no season that happened in the fall yeah that's that's a great question um honestly I have no clue like that all all summer yeah we were in Boulder for like you know over a month and that was like all gearing up towards cross because until probably the end of July we were still under the impression that there there was a chance that there was gonna be a cross season so um, we had, we had five guys out there. It was me, Reed Brown, um, Cole Hawker, Jackson Messler and Carter Chrisman. And so we were, we had a really good block of training out there. And I, there was, you know, another couple guys that were, you know, killing it, um, you know, back in wherever they were training. Uh, so I think we had a pretty, pretty deep team and we were kind of overlooked, but I think, uh, Sean Cole as a sophomore, 1332, like leading that race, Charlie is run. Charlie broke 14. Um, Reed was it's funny. Reed was actually supposed to pace that uh, the sound running race, and uh, we got there, and they're like, "Where's Reed?" And uh, we're like, "What?" They're like, "Yeah, he's pacing the next heat. Like he hasn't checked in yet. Is he almost here?" I was like, "He's in Texas. Like he's not." <laughs> and they're like. Cause he was planning on pacing and then we did like a three K time trial and I think he ran like eight thirty or something. And he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't pace an eight ten race. So, yeah. uh, and he must've just like forgot to tell them, but he just like didn't show up and they're like, yeah. Oh, well now we have nice. no pacers, but he was going to be ready to run some nasty and cross. So I think individually, like this is definitely the best shape I've been in. And you know, like we ran some really good time trials um just you know Oregon guys and I think if we could have got out there on the cross course uh I don't think it would have been any different I think definitely Luis is in Luis is you know one of the top guys in the NCAA like all power to him he's killing it right now um it definitely would have been a big battle and I think obviously like other guys like Connor Mance or um Isai Rodriguez like all those guys are in phenomenal shape and they would be also um and you know at Oklahoma, you never know. That's it's a pretty brutal course. So um I like to think I definitely would have had a shot to win, but at this point, like there's there's no way of knowing. But maybe uh I think Winter Cross is still mm-hmm. gonna happen, maybe. So Yeah, that that's like the last thing that I heard too, that there was still like the bet like it's still potentially happening. It's it's like that's the language that's always used is like it's still potentially on track to happen at this time tentatively. probably is, is, is more likely that going to happen than than you know 
uh, indoors, like considering yeah. world indoors got pushed. And then I know UK indoors is going to go forward, but the US is just like, they've just decided to do it in Albuquerque. So I don't know, it doesn't, it seems a bit wishy-washy to be honest, but you know, what I was excited about this chat is like, you know, you haven't signed with a group, you haven't signed with um, a brand, but you have kind of immersed yourself in that world a bit, you know, you're able to race the professional race last week and you were able to spend a bit of time in, in, in Boulder where it seems to be the kind of hub of like where brands are kind of moving towards. So, you know, what are your perceptions on the different brands and the different kind of groups um, right now moving forward into, you know, your fifth year? You know, do you have anything, any kind of perception of what's going on or, you know, what brands seem cool or what groups seem to be cool um, to go with? Yeah, that's um, a lot of people have asked me that. I get a DMs about this all the time. Um, and honestly, it's hard to know. It seems like it seems like people are like big names are starting to go with like different new brands um, like that on running group. I feel like Joe Klecker is sort of like the face of that. Justin Knight with Reebok. They just started a, a Puma team. I think I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they just started a Puma team. And so like, I feel like, you know, it's hard to know like what's out there right now. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, different brands are trying to dip their toe into the, you know, the prof professional running scene. So um, honestly, like you can't count out any of those, like <laughs> someone, uh, someone made like a random meme the other day and it was like breaking Cooper tier signs with and one and will be coached by Nick Simmons. It's like, <laughs> Like, honestly, it wouldn't be the craziest thing I've ever heard because, like, people are, are signing with the randomest, like, uh, yeah. randomest companies right now. So, you, ne you never know, honestly. But, obviously, there's um, pretty established ones like The Beast, uh, Bowerman, uh, Pete Julian has a good group. Um, that on group is doing pretty, pretty awesome stuff right now. So, there's really no way to really know until, uh, you know, you – get your agent and yeah. you kind of talk numbers and stuff. So like, that's probably what the biggest thing is going to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't honestly, I have no really clue how it works. I haven't like looked into it at all. Really. I'm just trying to focus on like the day to day right now and get to that point and, you know, create as much opportunity for myself as I can. Um, but yeah, like, so when you guys went through it, how, how was that process? Like, yeah. Um, so just, just to plug a big process, you know, yeah, big process guy. So, um, so like the, the reason we ask you this too, is like, we don't necessarily want to put you on the spot and, and expose you on like what brands you're looking at or what agents you're talking to or whatever, because like whether you've started that process or not, the main focus of this is because our lens is completely from the other side now. And all the guests that we've had on previously, we ask, what was that process like for you in the past tense? And with you, we get to deal with the future sense. And so yeah. um, it's an exciting time, I think, for you to be able to go through this experience with a lot of resources. And there's one really great resource um, on davidmichaelribich.com called Small School Big Dreams. Um, it's a book that mm, documents yeah. um, a senior year of a athlete out of a Division II school that went on to sign a professional contract. The only caveat to that is I only have two copies left on my uh, professional website. Wow. So I'm about really to be good. sold out. Yeah, it's actually go, really baby. dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm about to have to throw a little sold out logo. So if you want two books uh, before the holiday season, go buy them now. And if I plug this and there's more than two orders, I'm screwed, but I'll figure it out. But for you, yeah, Cooper, for us, like me and Josh, um, I don't know actually how similar or different our experiences were, but what um, I would say is 
the track and field process is extremely interesting because it's it's a weird sport in that you you can talk with agents you can talk with people and coaches in like a theoretical sense until and like you can't see a number you can't see a number as a collegiate athlete like they can't actually present you with a contract while you have eligibility um, unless you've signed with an agent and you've you've pretty much like foregone your eligibility so with the track and field world it's like you don't really know your worth until you have x number of days to sign a contract and so the advice that i would give is take the time to like what you're doing what you said about like enjoying the process and focusing on the day-to-day i really think that's going to be the best overall end result for yourself is focusing on that exact moment in time because the rest of the things will handle themselves. Like I think Josh and I can both agree that if we didn't focus on the tasks that we had in college of Josh setting the collegiate record in the 1500 meters and, and me setting the division two records that like those things are like our professional contracts wouldn't have been presented if we didn't focus on the day. Um, and so, yeah, the process, I mean, Josh and I are both on the same team, so we must've agreed with what we were getting pitched with Brooks and Danny. Um, but like my process started in December of my senior year of college um, I went up and visited Brooks headquarters and just pretty much was like, it's like a college visit, but with a professional team. I met some of the athletes. I spoke with some of the people um, in the departments and I sat down with Coach Mackey and we kind of went over like what a basic structure would look like for um, practices and schedules. And I enjoyed that. Um, and I like that personal never connection. Heard that. Coach, Coach Mackey. Mackey. I called him Coach Mackey to his face and he said, you can call me Danny. And I'm like, weird. I call him the gaffer. Um, I, w- one thing I will say is I, I'm really happy that like brands and groups are like growing we have more options because it just allows the athletes to have like backup offers and people to actually fight for for athletes which means we get paid more money so i think that's pretty awesome so i think i do like the puma starting a group i do like on starting a group i think that's really cool because the issue is when someone in your situation which you know it happens to everyone is the more you're in the dark the more power the agents and the brands have because so there's not a lot of resources that are like, okay, so you're worth this. This is how you know how much you're worth. And this is how you make sure that brands are giving you enough money and this and that, because brands can get you for less money if you don't know how much you're worth. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a de- definitely an interesting process and it's definitely a long one. Yeah. I was, I think January time I met with the marketing team and, and Danny or coach Mackey um, uh, of 2018, 18. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is a long process, but you know, the, the longer you take with it, the better it is. Cause you can talk to brands and you can talk to agents, but you just can't speak numbers, which is, which is nice. Um, but you know, I think you have a pretty good understanding of what's kind of going on in this world. So that's, that's pretty cool. But you know, Dave, Dave will go on with the joke of that I signed after him. And the reason I signed with Brooks is because of Dave, but yeah, yeah. It's pretty much, I read his book and I was like, wow, this guy is, this guy is amazing. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And I Tons of perspective. No mistakes made in that book in terms of anything for my professional career. Um, something that I actually worked in a quote, I'll just read it out. Um, so like, I got asked the question, like, if you were to give advice to like a senior in college um, that's turning professional or looking to turn professional, what would you say to them? So I'm going to say it to you, Cooper, but I'm going to read it from my phone and, and not look you in the eyes because that'd be awkward. Um, I'd say you're in a rare and exciting time in your life where you get to truly be the captain of your own ship. The most important piece of advice I can give you is to build your team. So like for instance, team Cooper, um, surround yourself with people that have your best interests at heart and do that and you'll get your best results. So often as athletes, we are pressed for decisions, times and standards, but in this opportunity, you get to decide your future, take your time and enjoy it. This will always be the best job that we have. So with that, like whatever you want to accomplish, like go with your heart and, and, and speak, 
to those that you want to speak to. Um, like you get to create your own team, like team David, team Josh, like that's our emphasis now. And uh, mine's called the team care empire, by the way. Just okay. Yeah. He's the, he's the dark side. Mine's more of the rebellion, <laughs> ribbit rebellion. Um, and so, yeah, just, just do those things. Um, so I guess like kind of moving back into college um, last week on the episode on, on the podcast, Josh said oh, that um, you made a statement that no Oregon athlete can be underrated. Um, no, no, I, let's put some preface to that. Right? All right, go for it, Josh. I will, I will say this. And I'm not, I'm not going to take it back because I do believe in what I said. Yeah. I think what happened was Morgan McDonald was like, I think Cooper T is going to run really well in this race. And I, I said, like, oh. And then I said, yeah, you're underrated. And then, at the, yeah, then Dave was like, yeah, I think he's really underrated. And I was like, wow, yeah, I think he can run really well, but I don't believe any Oregon athlete's ever been underrated. And I stand by that. I like, what? Chez? Yeah, he was pretty underrated. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I feel like you have so, like any athlete that goes to an amazing school like that and has all the resources and like, it's normally the high school, like phenoms, like you were, you, you know, ran four flat don't, in high don't, school. Don't give, don't give them that big of a head. No, I will. In, so. Like, you know, you didn't no, run four flat and even in, no, yeah, exactly. Like Dave ran four flat when he was professional. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't believe that any, you know university of oregon athlete has been underrated but that wasn't a slight to you that was just some yeah. that's my an opinion that i have so our question um, our question is do you think you are underrated and how does the history of oregon play into your experience as an as a university athlete yeah well first of all i i agree i don't think any oregon runner can really be underrated <laughs> i think they can be overlooked okay because there's better people on the team like I think one of, of – I can't call him underrated now, but one of the underrated guys, like, in uh, the NCAA right now is Charlie Hunter. And, like, he ran 355 indoors last year also, and he beat me in that in that Boston race. But, like, I feel like he just doesn't get talked about that much because, like, I feel like my name is kind of in that position a lot more. And so, like, there are definitely guys to get overlooked, but I definitely don't think underrated, um, hmm. which is, yeah, so, like, it, it makes sense. Like, I, I personally don't think I'm underrated at all. I think I'm pretty, you know, in the, in the spot I should be, um, especially, like, in the past, you know, six months or so. Um, I feel like I've been getting a lot of recognition, and I feel like it's, you know, it's definitely due I feel like I've done, you know, my part and I've like put up some pretty good times um, to where, you know, I should, should be in the position that I'm in right now. Um, so I, I wouldn't say at all that I'm underrated and I don't think, you know, any of the guys in the, at, at the top of the NCAA right now, um, no, nobody's underrated. I think everyone, um, you know, everyone is getting their due and there's definitely, you know, every once in a while there are, um, you know, people have breakout races and then, and then people take notice, but yeah, like people like me or Luis or, you know, Connor Mance or we're, we're all getting, you know, what to do for us. So um, I don't think there's, you know, there's so many media outlets in like the running community right now. And like, there's so many, like so many different podcasts and like different opportunities to get yourself, um, you know, into the position you want to be. So I think if you're underrated, you can't complain about it because that's on you. Like, there's like, there's so many opportunities to do. I mean, I did a podcast with Emma last week and like, you know, there's things like the stride report or like flow track. They, they, you know, if you're going to 
have your name out there, like it's not hard to really get it out there. You know, especially if you're running good times, like people are going to take notice. So I don't think anyone should ever like complain about being underrated in that sense, unless they want to blame themselves. Damn, I think that's a hot take actually. And like an accurate take as well. Um, And I'm sure your 17,000 followers on Instagram would agree with you. Um, So like the history of Oregon, um, does that play into your experience? How does that play into your experience then? Because there's a rich history at Oregon. I mean, Oregon is like, as a kid, when you think of a pinnacle university for distance running, you think Oregon. And I came from the state of Oregon and that like, that's all I would ever see. Um, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It plays into it. Um, Especially now. I came in uh, my freshman year, we were still at the old Hayward Field. And, you know, so many, so much history there, so many cool things, um, you know, involved with that stadium. And then we had like two years where it was just nothing. But now I feel like it's even kind of more applicable now. And I'm more kind of fueled by the history um, just because we have like this new stadium and it's kind of a new, a new chapter um, in terms of Oregon distance running. And I think, you know, right now I'm trying to be at the forefront of that. Uh, I like to, you know, I, I tell all my teammates all the time that I now have like three stadium records at Hayward, which is like pretty <laughs> insane. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like definitely, you know, seeing, especially now, like someone sent me uh, the Oregon all-time 5K list and my time, so I have like the number two time on there right now and I was in front of guys like Steve Prefontaine, Galen Rupp, Edward Cheserek. I was like holy shit like that's <laughs> that's insane so yeah like just seeing stuff like that it it definitely motivates you and like everywhere in Hayward there's um pictures or murals of uh you know people who've come before me so just seeing that every day you know it kind of fuels the fire and um, I think it's just a super cool opportunity and that's why I kind of do want to ride my time out at Oregon as much as I can and like try to get my name in those in those books and um, you know be associated with people like Pre or Galen or Ed so um, yeah definitely you know it's a really cool opportunity that not a lot of people get so I'm trying to make the most of it. Yeah I think you know something that people always say is that professional running is actually sometimes a step down from college running because of all the money that gets pumped into it. And I'm sure University of Oregon is probably the top of that list, especially with your, your guys' new track. How often are you able to use that track? I know there's a lot of, um, I would say like basketball teams and stuff that don't use their courts as often as they would practice courts. Like, do you, you guys are on that track all the time or like, you know, I can imagine it's the easiest selling point ever on a recruiting trip to be like, yeah, this is where world champs is going to be. So you want to come here and uh, it was a bit harder <laughs> yeah. in New Mexico where we're just like, yeah, so this is, <laughs> this is the training room. We have an ice bath. That's about it. Really. Yeah. Before so, Cooper responds, we actually go to university of Oregon and say, yeah, we're only 40 minutes away from here. If you want to come to Western Oregon university and people are like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> oh man. People must eat that up. Um, yeah, no, we were on it, you know, Every every workout we were doing in the fall, every time we're on the track, we're we're at um, we're at Hayward. So, and I think like none of us really take it for granted either, because we were training at like a local middle school or like high school for two years um, while there, and we didn't have locker rooms or or anything. Um, so now that we do have like this awesome facility, uh, yeah, we're we're on it as much as we can, and we've been doing like all our time trials like under the lights. And the atmosphere is so insane. Like 
even in an empty Hayward, like doing a time trial with some music on, like, I don't know, there's, there's something special about it. And so like in something like NCAAs or world champs, like when it's a full packed stadium, it's, it's going to be surreal. So I'm just trying to make the most of it while I'm like an athlete there. Cause like, I remember my freshman year, I made outdoor nationals and it was like the last one at Hayward. And I wasn't like projected to do anything really. Um, I was like the last guy in out of the Western regional. And, uh, but like, it was under the lights. It was like starting to rain. It was like the most Oregon like atmosphere you could get. And like, they were calling everyone's names, like Justin Knight got some, some claps or whatever. And then they like called my name and it went crazy. And I was like, this is the like most insane feeling ever. Um, and so like, I feel like, you know, more than just like, the gear and the facilities you also get the atmosphere and the fans of you know being in track town usa like track capital of the world so that's like a super cool um thing that you don't really see when you're on a recruiting visit or anything and it kind of i feel bad for kids right now because like they don't get to go and see the schools they're going to like a lot of people are committing you know just based off what they know about it without seeing it um so that like i i feel really bad for that but they do a lot of like virtual tours and stuff and we have like a really good media staff who are getting that ready but um yeah like it's i don't know how anyone would come there and then go somewhere else and think oh i want to go here rather than u of o because it's it's ridiculous yeah (laughs) no that's nuts i mean like old hair had so much magic and then like that's where state track was in high school so i remember racing on that and doing doing a few college meets there and the, the like the Olympic trials are going to be hopefully a phenomenal meet if that can get going um here in June, um it'll and get going, it'll get going. yeah they'll get going they'll get going I'll be optimistic and this is this isn't even a plug for Miley Cyrus or doing drugs but she actually was in a podcast um a couple it was in September um and she said like her her psychiatrist told her um that is that psychiatrist yeah wait what's a psychiatrist yeah you're good you yeah I'm it. good cool cool I'm gonna I'm gonna let it fly I get to edit this anyway nope. um said that like the the high that you're searching for in drugs will never be met from the roar of a crowd that you get in a full packed stadium and i thought that was a really cool comparison because like there is something really special about five people in the stands applauding and standing up for you when your name gets drawn like that's what i experienced just five people going woo go david small school big dreams but i mean i can't even imagine being in a packed like hayward field in the new renovation i mean i'm i can currently imagine it actually because that's what i'm working for but well that yeah i mean u.s athletes are gonna you're gonna get that massively i mean we had that in in london for 2017 Mm -hmm. and like even though i was gotta be second last in that race but it was (laughs) you beat beat the olympic champion five and oh baby um the 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 atmosphere is just like insane for like london london was mad um and even like i remember being in races with oregon athletes and i was just like just pretend it's you josh man like sam prack would get called out i was like yeah that's me (laughs) you're such a loser anyways back to you you're such a loser loser, oh man i didn't go to d2 school so the d2 schools were they allowed to go on to like oregon tracks yeah there's this really cool thing called the oregon twilight in which i won actually um and it was probably one of my breakthrough races in my collegiate programming because i wasn't supposed to be in that race or win it but i did and it felt really (laughs) freaking good josh yeah 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 and i've also beat ollie whore i'm one and oh against him and i think ollie whore beat you last time you guys raced so cool trends of property josh so. anyway cooper um thanks for sitting um and and just being quiet while josh and i have at it um 
So yeah, you've had a new Hayward field. You had to go down to a middle school track. You had Andy Powell your freshman year, and now you have Ben Thomas. You've gone through tons of changes through the University of Oregon. So quickly, I mean, like we're we're talking a whole lot um, here, and like we love the fact that this episode's as good as it is already. Um, but if you could speak on like that change of Andy to Ben Thomas, like you talk about that tradition of Oregon, was that a drawing factor? And then also being as good as you were out of high school, like what other colleges were you looking at? Yeah, so the the transition from Ben or from uh, from Andy to Ben was very it was weird for me so I actually found out Twitter that Andy was leaving can you repeat that was, you kind of you kind of just for a sec oh yeah, yeah. so I, I actually found out through Twitter that Andy was leaving nobody told me um I was actually I was coming back from a USA juniors I had just qualified for uh world juniors in uh Finland and I was like, yeah, this is going to be sick. I'm going to go race some of like the best juniors in the world. I ended up racing uh, like Jacob Ingebrigtsen twice, got smoked. Um, and I was like, yeah, Andy, so like you're coming to Finland, right? He said, yeah, I, I got everything booked. It's going to be awesome. And then, um, you know, I'm on the flight back with like our head coach and some of like the throwing coaches and stuff. And I get off and I uh, turn my phone back on. We had just landed in Eugene and I had like, 10 dms from random people and like my best friend in tech me is like yo like what do you think about all this like changes what are you talking about like open twitter i open one of the dms and it's like oh andy like the Powells are leaving oregon i was like why are my coaches here like right sitting right next to me and like haven't told me this why am i finding this out through like social media and so i was i was really i was pretty devastated just because like i i did have a solid freshman year and i was like maybe you know he is the best coach for me and then I started thinking about it I was like it's one like I've had one year with him like it's not like anything crazy has really happened yet um so I figured might as well you know see the new coach try it out and if you know if I have a good year with him um I'll stay and if not I have all the reason to you know transfer to somewhere else probably UW and just go back with Andy and then immediately Ben came in and, you know, it was a, it was a really big change. His, their training styles are so much different. Um, but we, you know, we were seeing results pretty, you know, right off the bat. Uh, I actually talked about this on Emma's podcast last week. And I was saying like the biggest, like the most notable thing for me was when um, Jackson Messler broke four, he had run, 407 the year before and even earlier in that year he had run like 407 or 408 and out of nowhere he runs 359 yep I'm like what the heck like to one of the, to one of the goofiest goobers that i know as well <laughs> like jackson messler <laughs> nobody expected it. it was literally the, like i if you had told me you know going into that race that he was gonna break four i would have said shut up like there's no chance and then you know from there he has only gone up he's been killing it ever since and uh I was like, okay, so maybe, you know, maybe Ben knows something that other people don't. And yeah, so he, and I've had no flaws with him. He's, you know, an awesome coach. Um, and so like, I think I did make the right decision on that front, um, you know, staying with Oregon. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of history. And that was definitely a hard year to do it too. Like we went from having Hayward Field to no facilities. Like there was all the reason to leave, but yeah, I felt like there was, you know, all the much more like reason to stay. So um, yeah, it was, it was a hard decision, but I definitely think I made the right decision. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, and like in high school, looking at different programs, um, you know, everyone gets caught up in, you know, big names. I went on my Oregon official, loved it. I took an official to Colorado Boulder. They actually told me I had, they had no money. And I was like, I really just want to see my friends. So I was like, oh no, I'm still interested. Like, I'll definitely, I'll definitely come. Like, I want to go to Colorado. And they took me on an official. I just like hung out with my friends that I knew there. And then went, no, it's like, ah, I'm not going to go here. Um, looked, at, looked at Stanford. And I, I'm pretty sure everyone my senior year, there was like 45 kids that looked at Georgetown. And so I just wanted to go there to hang out with like some of my other friends. So yeah. uh, took an official there too. I actually really liked Georgetown a lot, but I was just like, there was no chance I was going to go to um, go to the East Coast. I actually was kind of considering Cal, which my like high school coach tried to convince me to go there because he went to Cal. I'm not going to go there. They're not. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cause I'd say Robert Brandt is probably the most recent success story out of there, but then he's actually yeah. transferred out for grad school. So he's not there anymore anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah, that's interesting because it's like, I think it takes a lot of nerve to be able to stay with a program and trust a coach that comes in. Um, I think that is probably the most underrated thing that the Oregon athletes have had to gone through um, is, is stay at the, the, the location and then be able to, rally as well as they have because like you guys set the collegiate dmr uh record uh under ben yeah. thomas like the results showed and like that i think that's underappreciated the fact that like those athletes that did stay um are success stories as they are like you're one of them um so i'm excited to see the successes continue to grow um i've only had good interactions with ben thomas when i talked to him um but i'm excited too to see what he can do with evan holland my guy from ashland yeah. oregon um, <laughs> Like that guy, um, I wanted to name drop him because I'm excited for him. Um, and I also wanted to ask too, so we are on the perspective of giving advice for collegiate athletes, like signing a professional deal. Like what advice would you then have? Because we have a high school audience. What advice would you then have in a quick blurb to, to those that are looking to run at the collegiate level? Weigh your options and don't, don't have any biases because I had a lot of like notions of like where I wanted to go before I start even looking and it's definitely like it's smart to have you know an open mind because there's like there's some places that like some different places that I had like no clue about like when I was searching this was right before NAU started kind of getting like a big uh they before they won like their first uh national championship in cross and started that three-peat or four-peat or whatever it was um, and I remember I was talking to the coach and I was like, ah, oh, this coach is awesome. But like, why would I go to NAU? Like, they're not very good. And like, I don't want to go to Arizona. That sounds horrible. And then, then I was like, oh, maybe I should have like looked into it a little more. Like you got to do what feels right. Don't base it off like how good or bad you think a program is. I would just say, yeah, just, just be open about it. Be, have an open mind and go into it without any like preconceived notions and, and you'll make the right decision. Um, it's all about feel. Hopefully people can start getting back on campus for like officials and stuff. Cause that was like the biggest thing for me, like seeing team culture. So I would like, if there's a place you want to go, I would reach out to athletes more than um, reaching out to like, definitely reach out to coaches. That's like how you get recruited, I guess. But yeah, uh, reach out to athletes. Cause there's a, like a lot of places where I was like, I could see myself here simply because of like, you know, the team. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that would be my biggest thing. I also would love to, uh, I just back on the, 
the topic of choosing between like Oregon and going somewhere else with coaching changes, I got to throw a little shade on uh, Tanner Anderson. Um, I remember right after like we heard that Andy was leaving, he sent out a big text to like everyone on the team. And he was like, all right, guys, let's not make any, you know, <laughs> decisions. You know, he was like saying some corny stuff. He was like, you know, ducks fly together. Like we got to, you know, everyone let's, let's do this together. Like we're Oregon, we're going to stay strong. And then like the next day he's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. So that was, that was fun. Um, <laughs> Is there hatred like, there? Oh, no, I love Tanner. Tanner was, okay. like, my best friend freshman year. I ran every day with him. Um, but I still think that's, like, the funniest so thing ever. Yeah. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Well, you're, you're a solo duck here, Josh. You want to lead us into the, the next piece? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, as much as this is, like, a less, I don't know, rigid, scripted, um, you know, segment of the podcast – we got it. We got to go to the banner ball. You know, Dave, Dave got real hasty and, and chucked a, a story up on the, on the Instagram. So, you know, we, we had some input from, from some of the fans and most of it was like not able to put it in there. You know, as much yep. as we like to be risky, we, you know, we whip in some swear words cause you know, we're fucking, we're the boys. Um, we, we, we like, we like to be, you know, we, we don't want to throw some shade on people and we don't want to be very rude. So, you know, th- the amount of banter that came through, to be honest, Cooper, was it could be an episode in its own right, but we've kind of just picked our favorites. Um, and, you know, there's some stuff in here that we'd just love to know the answer to as well. So, you know, uh, Dave, why don't you start us off with this, this first one that's written down here? Okay, yeah. And, and I will add, um, if there's any um, banterable questions that involve alcohol consumption, we've all been 21 since we were born. So there's no, there's no worries there. I mean, like, when I was 21 in college, my one experience of shotgunning a beer in front of everyone was having it upside down and dumping all the beer on the, the hardwood floor in the house and the can not working. So, and um, not working. I think that can didn't work. It was, it was broken. So yeah, that sounds like user error. That sounds yeah, like a user, user error. Like problem right there. <laughs> it was, it was really awkward. It was also my senior year. Um, Jesus right after my senior speech um anyway the so for cooper you are the 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 topic of the banter bowl and like josh said we had to not include a lot and we'll maybe go back into some and and add a little bit of risk business but to start how did it feel knowing you were 0.17 away from running sub four in high school um and then also what did you do that night to celebrate such a fantastic time as a high school miler um that's that's a great that's a great question um it felt horrible (laughs) uh i remember i swore i did it i i was gonna ask them to go back and like check that the timer was on and like everything was because i was like i definitely broke four like and then i like almost started telling people that like i broke four for like 1600 i was like i ran 358 through 16 so like that's that's something but yeah i was i was like you had to be sad i was also like i just ran like that was, I think, six or seven second PR in that race. So that was kind of like the turning point. I had run a really good uh, two mile like two weeks before. And I wasn't even really expecting to like try to break four. But then the day before the race, my coach was like, you should try to break four. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, I will do that. And and yeah, it sucked at the moment. But like, I don't know, it it was, it ended up fine. And actually that night, it was funny. We went to... Uh, this kid, Christian Worley's house. Uh, he's definitely not going to listen to this. Uh, but we went to his house, and then 
that's actually the night I lost my virginity, <laughs> which is wait, we don't have to go into that or anything, but um, nice. Yeah, so you so you it, went you went under one thing that night, which is great. Yeah. Uh, un, under the love luck spell of of women. Um, Josh was it was an unfortunate time for you to plug in your laptop, Josh. What? Well, um, you didn't miss anything. I tried to be real to... quick. You see, how I was there. No, you'll, you'll have to listen to the episode, Josh, to hear what happened yeah, the night yeah. of uh, Cooper not running sub four in high school. Or was um, he shagging don't... a bird or something? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to another. <laughs> Just trying to make Dave feel uncomfortable. Um, Dave, why yeah, are you talking about your virginity story? Working. We're not gonna talk about my virginity story. I'm still a virgin waiting till marriage. Should. I think. I, I think it definitely at some point in the next, like in this season, you guys will find out how crazy this <laughs> story is. Not true. That's not true. Maybe he like works possibly. away of being just like this super nice guy with his girlfriend. He keeps talking about. But Josh, you exposed me as skeletons. dancing with strippers at a nightclub in Vegas, and I got a lot of questions from my parents staff saying are you a bad kid and i say yes i am i am a well, nice kid well you exp- um, i mean it sounds a lot worse than it is considering you were like dancing with strippers in vegas but it wasn't really that bad um so we're gonna so we talk a lot about love right on this podcast we're a big love you romantic do, well i haven't brought up my girlfriend one time nor will i this entire podcast that's you my goal said it. i said girlfriend um so another two-parter for you cooper um so <laughs> what happened to you and Alex Harris? And are you the most friend zoned uh, runner in the NCAA? Uh, <laughs> who asked these questions? You know, we, we keep our identities anonymous because we do a little bit of reach out and some of your friends Fair might enough. be the, the subjects of these. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, like New Mexico. Yeah. Like I, so like I went to New Mexico a couple times to visit her. I hate it there. Oh really? Like, it's, it's, it's all right. I I actually did a workout like the first day I was there, like visiting her. I tried to do like five by K at like three ten pace, and I did two by K at like three twenty five, and then I quit and I jogged <laughs> back to her apartment. <laughs> and so that's why I hate it there. I'm kind of glad. In you got You got to be hard, mate. You got to go in and and just fucking grind. You're you too soft, dog. man. Yeah, you're, you're just too soft. That's what we found out. From is that, that why no, you spend time in together? Colorado? So, would you say, Dave? Is that why you and Alex aren't together anymore? You were too soft. <laughs> yeah, too soft. <laughs> far, far too. Soft. Take that as you will. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus! No, yeah, we like broke up last cross season, um, but we're still friends. All good. Um, and uh, in terms of the most friend zoned runner in the NCAA, maybe no. No, definitely not. Honestly, Everett might. Yeah. Be close to that. Everett talks a big game, but I have to. You know, he's he's one of one of the bigger simps on. Yeah. Also, athlete special, definitely. Well, to be fair, he's he's getting his right now, isn't he? Oh, we can go with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and you brought the word up. This is in the banter bowl, um, and it's mostly like a general roast of what is a simp like you didn't expose swhp cool but what is a simp because i think that's a pretty cool generation like we're the cool generation of kids and athletes and Obviously, like your, yeah your generation i think it's a youtube thing in it because I, I, the only person i ever hear say is, is spencer so under the bracket of simp because you said it as well and everett says it what is a simp uh i'm pretty sure there's like a definite i think it's an acronym but i don't know what it means but it's basically anyone who just like is just in love with like any girl you can find like always is like crying over girls and just like stuff like that um, right, okay. 
Yeah, just like hopeless romantic at that point, but in a less not honestly not that at all actually. Like you, you're kind of like that whipped. definitely plays into it. Like something like that. So that's you're saying I, if, if you're in love with every girl, that's what you are. Uh, well, no, not me. <laughs> just most. So what, what's what's your pickup line then? Because that's also a bantable question. What's your go-to pickup line and what's your love language, Cooper? If you're about to, oh. if you're able to lay the groundwork on romantic Josh and I, what what are you gonna try to hit us up with? Okay, I don't get why people are obsessed with like love language stuff. I don't know what the, the, the like the Tin Man guys always talk about that. I don't know what it. <laughs> they also where meditate. They got that question from. They, they also got meditate. That they also from. sold bowls for two hundred dollars. So I don't know. <laughs> they, <laughs> but. Cooper Tier signs with Tim on Elite. That's going to be our header for this entire podcast. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Cooper Tier sells bowls for two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, do people actually use pickup lines? I don't think. When Dave have, does. Have you I ever did. used a pickup line? Did, had it? Did it work? No. Is that why you're still a virgin? No. No, I mean like I'm in a, and I'm in, in a romantic and great relationship um, right now. I'm not going to name drop right at all. now. Could be, right now. could be finished soon. Is it? <laughs> could, could, who, knows? Could, who knows? Maybe at the end of the day. Um, who knows? I mean, do I have a reservation at a jewelry store later this afternoon? Yes. Is that what I'm going to go to after this? Yes. Jeez, but, day, what are you doing? You know, just being a hopeless romantic using my love language uh, and her love language so, of buying expensive things, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She's not like that. Yeah, but, good one. She's uh, not yeah I've used pickup lines. I've used really, really romantic things and gotten turned down. Like I've made a bracelet over Valentine's Day for a girl, but I had pink eyes. So she saw it. And she's like, did you make this when you had pink eyes? I said, yes. So she threw it in the trash. Like there's, Dang. there's like a lot of ruthless things that have happened to me in love. Um, so yeah, but I don't know why this is an intervention for me. Cooper, what's, what's your pickup line? You don't even have one. Do you just say, hey, I'm Cooper Tear and I'm here to tear your heart out? I don't know. Yeah, uh, usually I don't really need one. Like, okay. I oh, actually, they know who you are. Pools. Is that what you're this saying? Guy, you're big enough deal. They're like, <laughs> introduce me to your friend. <laughs> uh, I actually got some girl DM me, Sam Staley, the other day. She said, I'm filing a complaint to Spotify since they didn't list you as the hottest, this week's hottest single. And I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> nice. That's pretty um, good. I threw a trophy trophy back in her uh, in her DMs, told her that she won this week's simp of the week. So um <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really use them, but I get them a lot in my DMs. So I'll I'll try to find some good ones. Uh you're a hot commodity I, then. No. <laughs> like high school girls, maybe. Um, so, or, oh, that brings us to another bantable question. Who's your favorite uh, college freshman at the University of Oregon? Oh. <laughs> uh, who's my favorite college? Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I already know. I think I like. I think I know who asked this question. Anyway, um, I would say my favorite college freshman at the University of Oregon. We're talking girls, right? Yeah, uh, I'm guessing so. Any preference? Any preference? Well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, girls, girls for you because that's it, it. Was actually in the question. Uh, I would say Maddie Elmore. She, she's cool. That's it. That's you get nice. no more context to anything. <laughs> I I already know what people, whoever asked that question, wanted me to talk about, but it's not gonna happen. Yeah, there's a lot of people uh, that that want to kind of expose you on here. So we we definitely have a lot of things that we just kind of sit away from, just just you know, because we're good guys, you know. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're it's nice. Dave's fault that they're up I there, but... I really want to hear some of these. 
Yeah, I mean, if you really want to hear some of these, we will, we really want to hear some of the stories. Um, so we'll continue to just shoot them your way. We're gonna we're gonna go away from some of the sit and kick questions that were directly um, sent to us, and we're gonna go to a little bit more um, researched questions. So we want to know. Um, let's go with. What was your favorite night at Dave and Buster's with Ben and Everett? Uh, uh, this is great. Um, we had, we actually have had a couple nights at Dave and Buster's, uh, that were very fun, but this is back when we were 18 and I looked 14. Um, and we went to Dave and Buster's and me <laughs> and Ben specifically says, he says, don't go to the bar. And we're like, okay, we're going to go play some games then. Ben's going to load up some, a card with some points. going to go, uh, you know, start playing some games. Ever and I immediately head straight to the bar. Uh, we sit next to, we sit down next to some moms who are drinking their sorrows away or doing whatever you do as a mom at Dave and Buster's. Order two drinks, hand our IDs. The guy looks at them and is immediate, just, immediately just like, whatever. And he hands them back. He literally said, whatever. And he handed them back, got us our drinks. And, um, and yeah, the, you know, history was made from there. I, you know, can't tell you exactly what happened after that. Um, yeah, it was a great night. <laughs> well, I'm happy that that story didn't end with the night you lost your virginity, considering the only women entering in the scene are housewives. Um, and you were 18, but you were of age, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're getting, we're getting close to wrapping it up. I mean, we try to keep our episodes near an hour. Um, so I'm going to just shoot a quick amount of them at you from the Instagram submission back at the, the sit and kick hub. Um, and you can reply to which one you want, but I'm going to shoot three of them real quick at you. Um, how does it feel to be the second best NCAA runner from Oregon right now? Um, what's your, who's your favorite dog? Yes, it is meant to be said that way to Cooper. Um, has anyone given you the title of Cooper, the quick stick bug tier? Um, and then ask him how slash where his chalice is. Ah, that's funny. Yeah, that was like, unfortunately, that was like my identity this summer, a cup that I stole from like our Airbnb that we stayed at for a week in Boulder. I like, for I lost my water bottle and Joe Hale had given me a Tin Man water bottle. And I was like, so I can, I can either rock the Tin Man water bottle to all my runs or I can just bring this cup. And I was like, I'm just going to bring the cup because, um, I don't want people to think like I'm going to Tin Man right now or anything. I just didn't want to, I wanted to keep it out of it. So I had the cup. Joe took a very sexy photo of me, boom, posted it on the gram, bunch of likes. And from there on, it was in the, it was actually in like all the vlogs. And I don't know why people liked the cup. Um, and I, it's actually sitting like in my room. I haven't touched it since I left that house. Um, and I, I want to sell it, but like, I can't do that. So $200. I'm like, yeah, honestly, if there's anyone in here, I will gift it to you and you can pay my roommate Gavin, who is not in the NCAA um, for, I don't know, groceries or something. Other I feel like you're, you're selling on a black market stolen goods um, and sit and kick is not an illegal service, but we oh, do is. agree with 10% commission. Dave just winked at me. Um, yeah, I just gave him the, the lowdown. We're in a wire in it. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's definitely enough. I mean, we, 
I don't know. We we've only we've only posted about um, athletes like three or four times, but it was it was a lot of stuff on there. There was a lot of stuff I was pretty confused by, but no, I did I did enjoy some of the submissions that we had there, and you know I feel like we learned a lot about you, and hopefully we gave you a little bit of wisdom moving forward, and you definitely given wisdom to our listeners about um, how you got to the position you're in today, and also, you know what 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 you can do to kind of be in the successful position you're in now so you know i've really enjoyed this i think it's going to be a super interesting episode for everyone listening because we definitely do have a high school base as well and we always like to be you know moving for that step behind the people who are listening um so you know i've, I've really enjoyed myself and and uh hopefully we you know hopefully we kind of um, are able to get into into our new our new season soon and uh, but we do we do allow you to have this kind of spot we have been kind of roasting you for a bit if you have any you know rumors or banner you want to throw back at myself or Dave um, that is allowed at this point we like to have kind of an equal playing field near the end so it doesn't feel like we're just kind of bullying our, the people we come on but at least we normally paying people to bully on that so that could be a thing yeah, no, I, I just have to be here for free. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I've only heard good things. Um, I've been talking to Dave for a while, playing some Fortnite, playing playing some video games over the years. I will say, I do want to touch on my favorite Josh Kerr story. Oh, um, it was, it's not even about you. Oh, it's, you were just, it was, so it was my freshman year. I had missed indoor nationals. I was 17th on the list. Um didn't make it but I got brought as an alternate and uh into the into the mile final and we had we had Reed and Sam Preco in there and um literally the whole you know the only goal was to have Sam try to win and basically just threw Reed to the wolves um and Andy basically was like all right Reed I want you to just I need you to make sure Josh does not get to the front don't let Josh be in the front with, you know, 600 meters to go. And Reed was like, okay, well, there goes my race. Um, and <laughs> I need to work hard to get into the final two. Fuck. Yeah. He barely squeaked in. Um, and he ended up, he ended up like going out and immediately at like 800, you were in the lead and Reed was like, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure I took like 1400 meters of that, that race. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, <laughs> Reed tried to get there and he just, what I will say is, uh, right, let's, let's start with a couple of things. I was definitely aware of him trying to do that in that race because it was just the most obvious thing where, you know, <laughs> someone who like sneaked into the final was going to try and take it on and, but, but just didn't look fresh. Um, and I was like, Hmm, okay, this is pretty easily team tactics, but they also did it. I tell you when they did it is there was like three Oregon guys. It was crackle. And there was two other guys. I don't remember who it was. And they were trying to box me in the whole of regionals. I was like, I've ran the collegiate record. You're trying to knock me in the first round of regionals. I was like, really? Like, are we going to try and do this now? I was like, I'll just, uh, whatever. I got so pissed after that race. Yeah, I love D1 chat. You boys are so cute. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Cooper, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I appreciate you not bringing up the 1K that we had in January. Um, Oh, I I forgot you were even in that. Okay. (laughs) And uh, thank you, Cooper, for the time that you gave us. I know it was a long haul episode, and we'll probably cut out 90% of this because you're not as interesting as everybody thought you were. Um, but at the end of the episode, we get to let the guest name the episode. So this is a chance for you to really show off how smart you are, how uh, that fifth year education is going to be working for you. So when you're ready, I'm going to go three, two, one, and you're going to be able to shoot your shot for the name of the episode whenever you're ready. Are yeah, you ready? Do it. All yeah. right. Uh, name the episode in three, two, one. We're working with the sit and kick 
scoop on Coop. Awesome. Well, again, Cooper, we really appreciate you coming on to this preseason episode. It's been a blast. Hopefully our relationship's better than it was before the 70-minute episode. Um, yeah, Josh, any final words? No, I've enjoyed it. I've, um, you know, it's nice to kind of see you know, the perspective from there. And, and, and uh, I think you've got a pretty bright future and some contracts coming your way soon. So I'm excited to see you in the professional scene, but I want to see you win some NCAA titles first and, and take Division Two records. That doesn't, I, mean, that's I don't want to. I was gonna say take my record, but I was like, I don't want you to take my record. So like, I was gonna say like take Dave's. But... He also can't do that. He's more likely to take yours. Yeah, but you'll run slower. faster than yours. Um, so it's fine. Yeah. Any any last words, Cooper? Uh, no. Just thanks for thanks for having me on. I gotta I gotta get off here pretty quick. I gotta get one of the last two copies of Small School Big Dreams. Um, <laughs> so yeah, appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Dude. Thank you, Cooper. Cheers. A slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. With Josh Kerr. Alright, here Dave Riddich. Josh Kerr. David Ribbich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbich.